please turn your attention now to the Word of God, especially Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them. And upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So far, our reading from God's precious word. We thank the Lord for the truth of Holy Scripture. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are a proud people by nature. And we love to find areas where we are better than others. And to put the spotlight on those areas. Children, you don't have to be taught to say, My toy is better than somebody else's toy. 
or that you can ride faster on your bike than, than maybe your brother or sister. These are all things that come to us very early on in our lives to think ourselves better than others and to boast before others. Paul, the apostle in Galatians, was addressing needs in the Galatian churches, which could have included Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe, as we read in Acts 13 and 14. But there were teachers in these churches who were promoting not just that people had to believe in Jesus Christ to be saved, but that they also had to go through certain actions done to their body to be true Christians. And these were called Judaizers, saying that it's not just faith in Christ, but also outward obedience to Jewish practices like circumcision. And the apostle says, I am not going to boast in something that happens to me, to my flesh. Like these teachers want to boast that they have followers who have been circumcised, who have gone through the cutting off of the foreskin. But the Apostle Paul says, I will boast in one thing. God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So what Paul is is saying here is that the cross of Christ is the very focus of his ministry. It's the very center of what he wants people to know and to identify with. And so how is it with you? Is this the very focus of your life? The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Has that cross, has the cross, as you hear it preached week in and week out, defined who you are? May God forbid that we glory in anything of ourselves, in our upbringing, in our efforts, in our piety. May we glory. May it be our boast. The thing that we make greatest. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning I'll consider glorying in the cross. This is what we are called to from Galatians 6 and 12 through 15. Firstly, subtle self-reliance. Secondly, one saving confidence. 
And lastly, thirdly, life-changing effects. That word but contrasts the verse 14 with what goes before it. It's kind of a word that gives us a clue to look at the verses that come before. And so we look at verses 12 through 12 and 13. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. So we have in those verses the two groups of people, the leaders and those who were the people in these churches. Now what do we learn about the leaders, the Judaizers, those who were insisting on the course of action that the people in the church had to be circumcised? Well, we learn two things. The first is that they are concerned with having a good appearance. They want to have a, a, an outward welcome, an outward standing before others. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circum circumcised. So it's an external emphasis that these leaders are pushing upon those in the churches, the people in the benches, in the, in the chairs. But then we read a second thing in that there is a large self-interest. Lest they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. So they're pushing this you need to be circumcision. You need to have something done to your body so that they may have an outward thing to glory in and boast in, but also that they may save their skin, cover their backs, and not be persecuted for proclaiming nothing in people, nothing in human works saves so that's what we learn about the leaders. There is among the leaders a subtle self-reliance whereby they would take credit for the externals and they would save themselves from paying a price for the truth of the cross. But then what do we read about the people in these churches in the Galatian context? Well, again, we see two things. We see compulsion. That the leaders compelled them to be 
circumcised. Here is a message not of, of faith, only in the Savior. Work there by the Holy Spirit. But of being told what they needed to do and forced to do it. Children, sometimes you need to be told what to do. And other times you need to be picked up and brought to where you should be doing what you are told to do. Your parents can, can not only tell you, but bring it to happen. That you do what they say. And this is parental responsibility. Your parents are called to teach you. But in the church of Christ, the compulsion, the forcing, certain actions, especially that detract from Christ, is wrong. Why were these people in these churches forced? Well, it goes back to the pride of the leaders in those churches that they may glory, that they may boast. Look at these people in the, in the church who are circumcised. Look at my success as a religious teacher. But then the second thing about these people in the churches, ordinary moms and dads, men and women, boys and girls, is that they are missing the point of circumcision. <clears throat> circumcision was never a pointer to itself as an act through which somebody had to pass in order to be Acceptable. Circumcision was a pointer to a heart change that was needed. That people can't settle in anything of the status quo as they come into the world, but that they need to be circumcised in their heart. To be cut off from sin. Circumcision addressed head on. We can't be self-reliant. We need to rely on God's grace. And his cutting us off. From the dominion and patterns of sin. So I'd like to apply this first point in two ways. The first is how subtle self-reliance is. How no warning lights go off, no bells ring when, when this cancer, this, this disease of self-reliance is, is in our hearts. very secret. Satan loves to feed it secretly. 
we see this self-reliance. Well, we can see it sometimes even in religious actions. That whether it's in our Bible reading, whether it's in outward evangelism, that we can think that these means that God has ordained become an end in themselves that just to do them, just to read, just to witness. All of a sudden, we can see we're ticking the box, done that, done that, without humbling ourselves before God in prayer, without being eager to not just evangelize, but to sincerely enter into that person's life. There's subtlety to do the outward actions without the heart being fully engaged. And I'm guilty. We all are guilty. And that's why we need to confess this before God. Lord, I'm far too reliant on myself. Show me where I am relying upon myself and teach me and lead me to put that to death. So it's subtle. It slips in secretly. But the other thing is that the law of God exposes this. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law. The law is given to us as a mirror to show us that anything we rely on of ourselves, of others, is deficient. There's nothing stable, nothing solid, except that which God himself does. And our consciences can sense this. That's why we boast in something, and then once that comes to, once we see that we can't ride our bike faster than our, our neighbor or than our brother, then we, then we say, but I can do this better than you. And then once we can't do that better, then we boast in something else. But the law doesn't allow this to go unaddressed. It shows us that all idolatry, all human glorying in him or herself or in anything else, is sin. How important the law is to strip us from self-reliance. I can't keep one single commandment 
because God would have me to keep it perfectly throughout my entire life. I have nothing to lean on. So may we see, whether we're young or old, how self-reliance creeps in. How we boast in ourselves, boast in others, boast in that which we have done. But secondly, we have one saving confidence set forth. But God forbid. So this is an an oath, as it were, of, of absolute importance and truthfulness. This is engraven, as it were, upon the rock. God forbid that I should boast, that I should glory in the King James Version, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The cross is the center of the Christian's faith and Christian's confidence. And the cross is all of the Christian's boasting. Here is that which which circumcision ultimately pointed to. The fact that Christ would be cut off. That Christ would be hung there in shame having his blood shed. Here is that which strips humanity of its so-called glory in that that we see the, the sin and shame of the human race crucifying the Lord of glory. In the cross we see the plan of God throughout all human history coming to its, its very climax. It's very height, the high point that God was working toward up until then. God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this one saving confidence that Paul glories in might be surprising. But why does he glory in this? Why boast in the cross that which was a, an instrument of torture reserved for the worst of the worst? Well, let me mention three reasons. The first is that Paul sees God working in the cross. This is the wisdom of God. This is the righteousness of God. This is the plan of God. And we can read in Jeremiah 9, let not the rich man boast in his riches, let not the wise man boast in in his wisdom, but let him who glories glory in this, that he knows me. character of God is seen vividly in the cross of Christ. Mercy and truth meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. And that's why the apostle can say God forbid that I glory or boast in anything else but in that which 
sets forth the perfections of my great God and Savior. And that remains today. That in the preaching of the cross, we have the attributes of God set forth. He is holy. He is righteous. He is merciful. He is loving. And while the world will stumble at the preaching of the cross, to those who are being saved, it's the power of God and the wisdom of God. So it's the one saving confidence because it exhibits all the perfections of God and their resplendent beauty. Secondly, it's the one saving confidence of believers is because they have been made to see their need of the cross. And God's provision of it being completely compatible and fitting together. Believers like the Apostle could have learned when Saul was saved on the road to persecute the Christians. He learned that Christ was the one that he was persecuting. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? His identifying with his people. Saul was brought, was humbled, and he was brought to see that it is futile to wage war against the sovereign Lord in heaven. Believers understand that it's futile, it's empty, it's senseless to oppose God and to not believe in Christ. And yet that's too often what we do by nature. We continue. But then the preaching of the cross comes and exposes it. And the fact that our continued rejection of the Lord is only indicative, it only shows judgment. But that in the very preaching of the cross, there is power also to forgive and to change a persecutor into a proclaimer, into a preacher. That's what the cross does. Shows us our sins and our wretchedness. But by the grace of God, it changes us as the Spirit applies the message and to those as we have sung who stand beneath the cross in worship, in adoration, in faith. People can't change hearts. 
People can mutilate flesh. People can glory in things done outwardly. But God changes hearts. And he changes hearts as the cross is proclaimed. And the last thing about this saving confidence is that it can't be kept in. God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It will be set forth to the world. And the contrast is between those who would glory in the flesh of followers in the churches and Paul is saying, I want to be make it known far and, and near everywhere that the cross is, is that which people need. There's no privatization. Keep your religion to yourself. The cross doesn't allow for that. Where a person finds life in the cross of Christ, that will empower them to live confidently day by day in the face of hostility in the face of being laughed at in the cross of Christ so God's attributes are fully in harmony together they are all there the change has happened. A person is made new. And they believe on the one who hung there for salvation. And they make it their boast. They can't live silently. So how about you and I? Our one saving confidence is what? Well, where that one saving confidence is Christ, it will resonate in your heart. Yes, this is my glory. This is my boast. What Christ has done will remain forever my firm foundation. But where it's not, you continue to look for things that set you apart from others. You continue to strive after things where you find some satisfaction but not lasting peace in your conscience and in your soul. Cease from man whose breath is in his nostrils. Cease from yourself. Glory in the cross alone. You say, how can I know? Well, this is through the life-changing effects. Glory and in the cross has an impact. It shows itself. Circumcision could show itself in, in the mutilation of a, a bar, body part. Glory and in the cross shows itself in the words of the Apostle Paul, he says, by whom, by which the cross, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. 
there is a conformity to the cross. When a person glories in it, they are made like it. It's often said that as people are married, they start to look like each other. They start to talk like each other. They start to think like each other. It's amazing how those who have been married for 50, 60, 70 years, they can basically be each other's spokesperson. And it's a wonder to behold because there's closeness in marriage. There's closeness in bonds. Well, between the Christian and Christ, there is a closeness in such a way that the, the cross, that the crucifixion, that the cutting off from, from the world will follow. By whom the world has been crucified to me. My attraction to human accomplishment. My attraction to the positions of honor among people has stopped. It doesn't dominate me. It doesn't guide me. Yes, my indwelling sin still craves more than I want it to. But by the grace of God, I have been freed from that bondage. measure up with an ungodly age I don't any longer sow to the flesh and expect to reap corruption and I am crucified to the world I am hung there as it were as a spectacle in open shame And people can taunt me and people can laugh at me and people can sneer at me and people can scorn me. Might have neighbors, might have friends not understanding. You don't do Halloween? You can have people in stores say you don't like those magazines. We are crucified unto the world. The world has no sympathy. The world has open animosity, hatred to those who identify with Christ, who boast in the cross. So what's the encouragement then? If we are cut off to the world and the world is cut off to us well the encouragement is this for in Christ Jesus the next verse in Christ Jesus that's our position dear believers we can be laughed at by the world We can have our affections and desires forever changed. But those who are in Christ Jesus will never be separated from him. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. It's not outward. But it's being made new from within.
And this is the greatest life-changing effect. Is hearts desiring. Hearts desiring. Closeness with Christ. Where we have this new creation. We will be walking with God. We will enjoy his worship. We will see our lives not as ours, but as servants to help others along and to do what God calls us to do. A new creation, spiritual life, starting in the heart, placed there by the Spirit showing itself in ordinary moments every day. So this morning you and I are called by the Apostle, by by God himself in our days to glory in the cross. And this is a calling that true believers will cherish and will pursue until the Lord returns. And then that glory, that boasting, will find its fullness as believers gather around the throne with crowns on their head, knowing that they're boasting has not been in vain. And eternally, they will glory in Jesus Christ, God's Son.